last time on Magic Folk. Pace is walking with her hands cupped in front of her. A pile of sand spills out from a hole in the center of her hands. Clarence hands down some mail with a red wax seal stamped in the shape of an acorn. The whole time I'm climbing down, I am muttering uh, some prayers to my God. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see if our pieces of meat interlock somehow to create a super meat. Interlocking (laughs) Burnin', you are simply in nothingness. He did. (laughs) He did. (laughs) I just wanted to say that. That's all we've got about Burnham today. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll close, I'll close D&D Beyond. You are simply in nothingness, and it's kind of an odd feeling. It's not just darkness. It's not like you're floating in a white void. It's really a lack thereof. There's, there's nothing. You're, your senses have no stimulation. It's like your senses don't exist. And you're somehow aware of the fact that your senses have just kind of been cut off altogether. And all of a sudden, the only thing you're able to perceive is the face of a white rabbit. And it's it's chewing on something. It's just like eating some stuff, you know, like like rabbits do. Cool. Cute. Um, I start looking for some vials of stuff that say drink me and Alice. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Put on your apron. Cute. And Vernon, the rabbit says... Hey, uh, how how are you doing? Uh, I don't, I don't really know how I'm doing, honestly. Vernon, you, you do notice that, like, you don't really have a mouth? You're not a physical thing right now, does that make sense? Right. But you're, you're somehow able to, in some way, talk to this rabbit. Sure. And it continues to chew, and it says, well, I've seen you better. I've certainly seen you better. You you know, a while back, you, you prayed to me for that poor little owl. You know, it was injured, shot by arrows. I did? Yeah. I I don't worship a rabbit. Um, I'm sorry. I don't know if the, like, wires got kind of crossed and you got no No, 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 no. You're, no, you're a little, you're just a little confused. It's okay. I mean, you did just kind of die. But you, uh, yeah, I, I just thought this would be soothing for you. Well, rabbits are pretty cute. Yeah, it's it's pretty nice, isn't it? As it continues to like eat something, some grass or I don't know, pizza celery. I thought you were just gonna say a pizza, a pizza, <laughs> pizza celery, <laughs> pizza with celery on it. Cute. Yeah. Um. um uh, oh, so I mean, it, it's you then? Yeah, it's uh. I don't get many magical folks worshiping me. You know, is the rabbit thing like part time, or are are we are we doing it wrong back home? Should I go spread the word? I mean, no, no. No, it's just, this is just for you. I just thought, I just thought this might be good, a rap, you know. Okay, okay. Go, uh, uh, I'm so- sorry to... Uh, do you, I'm sorry, do you, I can, ch- I, I mean, I can change it. It takes a no, little no, effort. No, 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 I'm not, I, I mean, you're, I, I, he, you're kind of the one that I should be taking orders from, not the other way around, you get me? Huh? Yeah, I guess. But, uh, about, about that owl, Freya? You know, I didn't, I didn't really have to intervene much. A mortal... You know, one of the hu- a humanoid took care of that creature, and I guess that kind of just goes to show some of the kindness of humanity. You know, some- sometimes y'all are just terrible monsters, really. Right. Spreading evil, suffering. I mean... As though morality is, amb- uh, is ambiguous in some kind of way, when it's really, it, you know, it's pretty straight, pretty straightforward, if you ask me. You agree? I, I, 
If that's what you think, then sure. Yeah. Ah, I don't know. Seems pretty simple to me, but sometimes you're all right is my point. I didn't I didn't have to do anything for the owl. I didn't interfere and heal it. So uh, that's kind of why I'm here. Or, well, it really rather why you're here. Or not here, really. I don't know if it can... I mean, I guess, you said that Burnin, like doesn't have a face, right? But I guess Burnin gives off the aura of, like, that confused woman doing all the calculations in the GIF. Like, he's like, the wheels are turning in his mind. Okay. He he, he seems very, like, kind of, like, confused in a, I'm trying to process this way. I think that the rabbit can uh, sort of sense that. It's like, oh, wait, hold, hold on really quick. Let me fix that. And continues to, to eat some grass pizza. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> and you are suddenly sort of granted this this kind of body. It's not really like being in a real body, but it, it's used. You can use it to express that. That might be a little bit more familiar for you, but you know we're not going to be here long. I'm not supposed to do this, kind of according to my own rule book. You magical people are mostly capable of taking care of yourselves, after all, right? So, well, you know, I guess clearly not right here. Anyway, ah, <laughs> uh, sure. Well, uh. I kind of, I kind of already forgot. I've been showing your mama what's up. So hold on. Wait, what? Mama? <laughs> this is gonna take a minute. Oh no! Is my, is this body naked? <laughs> is uh no, I, I could sense that you want to be decent. It, yeah. I mean, I, we don't have that kind of thing around, around these parts, so to speak. But you know. Uh, anyway, uh, we, we gotta go. Like, like I said, take care of yourself. Magical people are, are generally pretty capable. And I have faith in you being capable, too. Well, that means a lot to hear. And Burnin, what sounds like a large breaker flipping, and almost this sort of electrical ramping down happens. And suddenly, you're on a road leading into the gates of Dagshelm. And we are going to flip over to Claire and Syndra inside of the volcano. So you have a room to your left and a room behind you. Do you need me to tell you what's in them again? I think the one to the left got a big trampoline in it, right? Yes, basically. It's a big fabric sort of tarp thing. There is a crank on the other side of the room, and these hooks kind of embed the tarp into the wall. The one behind you, Wendy called out that it has some platforms. I say we do the trampoline. Cinder's going to point at the trampoline room. That looks fun. <laughs> Look, It looks all right to me. Claire, what do you think? Claire shrugs. Yeah, let's investigate. In fact, I will roll an investigation check. Good idea. Yes, both of you go ahead and roll an investigation check. I got a 17. 21. You both walk up to the you both walk up to the entrance of this room and you see a dead monkey sort of on the edge to the left just <laughs> on the other side of the door. Ah! <laughs> and Claire's going to run towards it. Oh god. Don't don't do that. So you, are you going into the room? Absolutely. I mean, like, this is this is a Don't. classic Claire move. I have to. Okay, so Claire, you run in and Owen says, wait. And as you take your first step in, you sort of f fall down and sink as the tarp sinks. It is not tensioned. So you fall down into it and the monkey actually goes sliding down with you sort of towards the center of the tarp. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'll just let you grab the monkey. If you want the monkey, you can have the monkey. Yes, yes, I want the monkey. I'm going to grab the monkey. How are 
are monkeys indigenous to this entire continent? <laughs> I don't know, but Claire's not questioning it. <laughs> it's a snow monkey. Yeah, they're different subspecies. A snunky. No. It's it's a Lolo form. <laughs> Lolo form. When I need to kill something to make a point to you all, I use monkeys. I mean, we have to go in here no matter what. So I guess better now than later. Do we need to sign some kind of waiver before we go to the jump park? <laughs> they make you wear special <laughs> socks that you have to buy there. Where are our socks? Do I need to roll for socks? Claire got socks. She bought them from Douglas. I do have socks. Oh, that's right. Claire, roll a constitution check. 18. Nothing's going to keep me from my monkeys. As the sheet of fabric slacks and you fall down into the center, the springs that attach the sheet to the kind of where the walls meet the floor, you know, of course, because the tarp makes the floor, there is no floor underneath you. All of the springs pull out on these sliders and a vapor is released into the room from holes back behind the springs. Oh, cool. That sounds fun. You take two poison damage. Whoopee. There's a, a lever somewhere? Yes, there is a crank on the far side of the room, kind of bolted into the wall. Syndra is going to get out some rope and toss it to Claire. He's going to hold on to one end of it. He's trying to pull her up. I'd say make an athletics check for the rope throw. 19 for throwing rope. Okay, yep, so you managed to throw the rope to Claire. Uh, Claire, make, may, I'll just say roll another con save. Looks like a 13. Oh, Friday the 13th. Uh, you take five points of poison damage as you manage to use the rope to sort of climb your way out with this monkey under your arm. Poison isn't really spreading beyond this little room, so you're safe in this big area, you notice. I think maybe Owen points that out. Hey, uh, it's not, it looks like it's it's done for now, but... Claire, oh no, are you, are you okay? <coughs> Worth it. <laughs> Is she really not resistant to poison? And Owen's like, no, no, just lightning. <laughs> what do you do? So there's still poison gas all over the place though, yeah? Mm-hmm. What are the dimensions of this room? Sindra, you walk up to the doorway of the, into the room and it's probably about 25 feet by 25 feet by... 100 feet high and you look up and you actually see a small piece of cloth hanging from the ceiling on a hook it is the same cloth that the floor is made of can we see what the crank is attached to no it's just built into the wall there's a crank i kind of want to try something but i kind of don't want to destroy everything what are you gonna try what does destroy everything mean if i break the lever that's what i'm worried about i don't want to break it and it we not be able to solve this puzzle i'm considering I have my live hands and they can grab they can grab things if I can throw one up to the cloth. Oh my god. Oh my god. Have Please? you been feeding them this whole time? How are they still alive? No, no, some of them are still alive. They don't have mouths. They're like enchanted or something. I was imagining your bag is constantly squirming uh with all the hands inside. Yep. <laughs> I have to whap it from time to time. Oh no. Calm, calm down. Get down. Shh. Uh, Claire, that's gross. What is that? Ugh. Oh, these are just my hands. You know? Uh, for when I need a hand. Wendy, don't ask. Trust me. You don't want to know. Oh, don't baby her. She's She got down here by herself. We just came to rescue her. She's fine. Are they just, like... Are they robotic? What are are they? What are they? I don't think so. I think they're. I think they're just alive. I mean, they taste pretty good. So they're just hands. Ah, uh, ugh. She kind of shudders. Go ahead. Go. Let's. You want to try this? Pull out one of these living hands. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna pull out a living hand, and I'm gonna whisper it and try to impart some sort of magic suggestion on it. That <laughs> I'm just gonna say, go. I love you. Go. Go get him, boy. And um, I'm just gonna take it and. 
you know, reel back, throw it up as close as I can to the piece of cloth. As you take this hand out of your bag, Wendy and Owen kind of reel back and they're like, oh, Owen is like, I, t- I told you not to. And Wendy's like, that is so gross. Please don't make me look at that again. <laughs> And Owen kind of like grabs her by the shoulder and like turns her around like, stop. Oh, it's just wait till you, you smell it. And you reel back and throw this hand as high up into the air as you can. Go ahead and roll an athletics check. Well, there's a four. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you throw the hand like you're, you're throwing underhanded, which maybe explains it. And you kind of fuck up the toss. Underhanded? Uh... And yeah, like underhanded and just straight up. You fuck up the toss and it only goes about 20 feet in the air, but it actually manages to arc and sort of flip through the air as it's wriggling its fingers and it grabs onto the crank and it starts to spin. It maybe makes three cycles around. You do notice that the tarp, the the large piece of stretched fabric, starts to become more tense and the springs that attach it to the wall sort of some stress is put on them as the, as the tarp is reeled in from every corner. How how much does it get reeled in? Just a little bit. It's still pretty slack, but it's just an effect that you notice. And the hand falls down and like kind of writhes for a little bit before eventually it stops moving, likely due to the poison. Well, it looks like if we spin that lever, we can make the tarp taut and maybe we can jump on it. Yep. And I will say that the gas has stopped coming out of the holes. The springs tightening sealed the holes up. Okay. For the time being. For the time being. Guys, I think I'm just going to make a run for it. Uh, okay, Claire, if you say so. S- Syndra, do you have any other ideas? Uh... I mean, we're we're not going to solve the puzzles for you, like like I said last time. <laughs> well, obviously, I'm going to hold my breath. I I don't think that's how that works. Well, if I'm able to, if I'm able to get it tight enough, it should stop the poison at least, and then I can maybe bounce above it. Okay, how tight is it right now? Like, is it tight enough for bouncing? I'm going to put my foot in and just kind of test the waters. Okay, so you put your foot in and put some pressure down on the tarp, and the lever actually unwinds hmm. the the three rotations that it did wind. Okay. And the tarp becomes fully slack again, and a little bit more poison starts to come out of the room, but you didn't push it down all the way to completely release the trap. Okay, I pull my foot back in. So what I'm thinking, obviously we need to recrank the thing. Yeah, one of us should hold it, and the other should jump. Well, I'm thinking, I have arrows. If I can shoot an arrow into it, maybe it'll stay in place. We gotta we gotta roll it back in first. I have a rope, I could lasso it. Because I'm a cowboy, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Yeehaw. <laughs> I am Syndra. Claire, run for it! Do something badass, come on! <laughs> Wendy eggs you on and kind of like shoves you a little bit by the shoulder. I'm just going to kind of look at Wendy and, and say, Wendy, it's OK. We'll, we'll we'll get this figured out. Wendy says, Claire, come on, do a stunt. Do a stunt. <laughs> what is she, four years old? No, she wants you to do a stunt. All right. <laughs> We're always doing stunts. Cut a flip. <laughs> Let me roll for back handspring. Just regularly, just in front of her. I'm not going into the room. I'm just going to appease Wendy. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> OK, roll an athletics check. Okay, I got a 18. Oh, dude. So you just fucking do a flip in front of Wendy and she's like. <laughs> <laughs> I meant I, I met on the trampoline, though, but also nice. Sick. Thanks. No problem. <coughs> I'm still kind of coughing a little bit. Owen is like pinching the bridge of his nose <laughs> with his eyes closed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a swig of vodka. Owen, do you know Mage Hand? Nope. Of course you don't. 
You're useless. <laughs> Not right now, anyways. What's that big old book for? You, you did yesterday, but I'm, I'm making a joke about knowing spells. About learning spells every day, yeah. <laughs> Fucking do some shit. <laughs> I think one of us should get over there and wind it since we don't have any way to actually manipulate it except physically. And then while it's taught, the other should jump on the trampoline and try to get to... I mean, I can keep throwing hands. I have more. <laughs> also. <laughs> I have more HP, so I guess I'll go crank it up so that I'll take the poison damage. All right. I'm going to turn and look at Freya and say, stay here. Be a good girl. <laughs> and I guess I'm going to run for it. I'm going to do it. Freya screams as you run for it and you start to sink into the tarp, but you are prepared this time around because, you know, it's going to slack. The crank completely unwinds and poison starts to enter the room as you crawl your way over to the crank. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and roll a con save. 19. You will take one point of damage, one point of poison damage. You you mostly are able to hold your breath and, and kind of put your arm up over your nose and mouth to prevent the poison from entering your lungs. Although some of it does kind of get in your eyes and any on any, any other mucous membranes you got exposed there. And so I guess then I'm going to grab the lever and start cranking it in as fast as I can. Way to go, Syndra. Yeah, you got this. You got this. Don't die. <laughs> You are able to just crank the crank, and sure enough, the piece of fabric is now completely taut, and the poison has stopped. It is starting to dissipate a little bit, but you are holding your your hand and an arm sort of over your mouth as you hold the crank. You do notice that there is some pressure resisting you now, and that is your own weight on the tarp. Oh. You're, you know, you're simultaneously working against yourself. You have to hold your own weight up on the taut tarp. It's a good thing. I'm very strong. Maybe use that rope to tie it in place. Yeah, okay. I'll do a loop around the lever and then a loop around my foot so that I'm nice. Yeah. So you're you're almost like creating a harness for yourself balanced on this crank handle sticking out of the wall. Roll an acrobatics check to see how well you can balance on the rope. <laughs> how about an 11? Let's see what happens. For now, you're able to balance on the rope. Right. Well, once the poison is gone enough that I can breathe, I'm going to use my free hand and wave for Claire to come on and jump. Ready, Sandra? Go ahead. Yeah, do a stunt, Claire. I'm going to put my hand up to Wendy and kind of just take a step back, you know, like a gymnast preparing for their run before they <laughs> go for the whole thing. <laughs> so I want to do like a front flip sort of into the center of the trampoline. And then as it's going down, when it comes up, I want to do a 1080 backflip and grab the piece of cloth as I go up and then come down. Roll an athletics check for how high you jump on this trampoline and how much power is behind your jump. And roll an acrobatics check for the literal acrobatics you are attempting. Ooh, okay. So nat 20 on the first one. Whatever Was that athletics? Yeah. Acrobatics, you said, was the second one? Yes. 15. <laughs> you run out and jump into the dead center of the trampoline. And you actually, like, the hand sinks down and, like, brushes your foot. And you launch yourself up into the air very, very high, high enough to grab the scrap of cloth that's hanging off of this hook. And as you do, you manage to bust out about two spins, not the full three spins, but you bust out two spins. I'm assuming you're, you want to grab the cloth? Yeah, with my mouth. <laughs> okay, you grab, I'll just let you do it. Fuck it. You grab the cloth off of the hook and, you know, it, you st it tastes pretty musty and like 
pretty nasty like it's like rotten parchment almost and then you realize it was an old pair of underwear (laughs) (laughs) vernon's old underwear god as you start to fall down the hand like is about eye level and it follows your arc but just behind you because it launched off of the trampoline after you kind of from the the residual spring of your jump and it starts to fall down. Can I grab that? You bounce on the trampoline a couple times. Sindra, make an acrobatics check to see if you're able to sort of maintain your weight on this rope against the crank. Now that the crank is sort of being jostled in the other direction by Claire's powerful jump. Uh, 13 this time. Okay, so I think it unwinds a little bit, but you're able to sort of reel it back in and you, you grab onto the crank maybe, as well as putting your all of your weight against the rope and rear back on it. And you are able to maintain the tautness of the tarp. And Claire, you land with a couple little springs and the hand falls down at your feet. And Wendy is at the doorway clapping. I mean, pretty sick, right? Like that was like an eight, an eight or so, Owen. And Owen says, I give it a 10 if you ask me. She got the thing done. Thanks, guys. No big deal. Sindra, how are you going to get back now that you're across there? I guess I live here now. (laughs) (laughs) Same way you got across. (laughs) Just going to run, I guess. Is the hand near me on on my way out? It's dead. It's at your feet and it is dead. All right, I'm going to pick it up and put it in my bag. Okay. And Claire, I think you kind of tiptoe across this tarp, doing your best to put as little of your weight on it as possible as you see Syndra sort of struggling to stay balanced on this rope. And you step off onto the cobblestone blocks, cobblestone rocks into the normal room. Syndra, are you just going to make a run for it? I got something better. If Claire gets to do a sick stunt, I'm going to do a sick stunt. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to leave one of the loops in my rope. And I'm going to try to hook it onto the hook that was holding the paper. And I want an Indiana Jones across this thing. Oh, fuck yes. So what do I roll? Go ahead and roll an athletics check as you try and lasso the hook. It's good. Give me up part. (laughs) 18. You are able to hook the hook with your lasso, your little rope. And as you do this, you know, your weight is let off of the crank and you let go with your hand and... It starts to spin a little bit, it, it just as it's loose, there's nothing holding it in place anymore, but you quickly get your weight off of the tarp below you and put all of your weight onto the rope. And you start to swing across and it's a little bit shifty, you know, you kind of make like an S as you're swinging around in this, you know, the chain and the rope form almost like a two bar linkage. There's like a hinge at the chain and then the chain itself is swinging. So you're swinging in kind of an odd pattern. Can I kick off of the wall behind me? Get some momentum? Sure. Yeah, I, th- I, I think that you do. And you have the momentum going forward towards the door and just as you're about to reach it you hear the chain above you snap and the hook comes falling down great and you make it onto the cobblestone but you see this hook plummet through the tarp and tear a massive hole through the center wonderful i guess good thing we don't need it again (laughs) syndra that was fucking sick that was a sick (laughs) stunt i know thank you i'm gonna wind up my rope again you like grab your hat from in the room as the as the door closes no claire offers her flask to Sindra. he'll take a sip this time just a sip (coughs) (laughs) claire's been vaping too much (laughs) so now you have this these three meat pieces that fit together and this cloth kiss oh boy we cut back to you and you are walking along with wolf and stoffelies and gale Gale is flying along and sort of lighting the path for you. And Stoffelis kind of glows a little bit. Not always, but Stoffelis just generates this this little blue magical glow inside of it. The light's a little bit of the way, so it's a little bit easier to see. Stoffelis says, Hey, Kiss, 
Is that how he sounded? <laughs> so, Kiss. Yes? If you weren't aware of the animator, what brings you down to the underground drow city? Ah, we were just looking for a friend who got, we thought was lost out here, but she was here by choice and it kind of was this whole thing. I thought she wanted to fight me, but she didn't. A little disappointing. But, you know, we found her, so it's good. <laughs> <laughs> so the wolf growls and says, A friend, you say? Well, I would be glad to fight you, Kiss. <sighs> you won't be saying that later, my friend. <laughs> mm, I like the taste of bird. No fighting right now. Is this friend an Aarakocra? Like you? No, she's a... I don't know what she is. I guess she's a person? Yes, Sister Wendy is a is he? I, I think I don't know actually. I hadn't thought that hard about it. I think Sister Wendy's a human. Okay, she's a human. You can't eat her either, Mister Wolfie. Mm, it kind of growls and stuffily says, "Ah, okay, that takes quite a bit of gall for an Aracocra. Aren't your species relatively short-spanned, Kiss? Ah, uh, I don't know, long enough for me. I mean, we just have a normal adulthood. We skip all the boring parts when you're a baby and can't do anything." <laughs> Mm. I have the opposite dilemma, as elementals can live for essentially as long as we like, as long as we stay handy and motivated. Mm. And Wolf growls, I, I feel that. Winter wolves and bird people, we enjoy our lives for what they are, though I mostly want to eat birds. Maybe we have a few things in common. Well, I I don't, I mean, okay, I don't want you to eat me. <laughs> not that you could, so that's not in common. But I, I guess I didn't think about comparing my lifespan to other people's. <laughs> yes, I thought, though, that uh, maybe you would be sympathetic to Wolf here's uh, environmental dilemma is what you could call it. What is your home like, Kiss? I'm sure your ancestors brave dark entities in the forest, yes. Do does, Is there snow there, Kiss? Do you have twig blights? Uh, no, we don't have that. It's just, uh, it's pretty warm, actually. Uh, it's beautiful. If you look uh, at it, we... I already don't like this. <laughs> ah, well, too bad for you. I'm gonna keep talking anyway. So there's, uh, lots of trees. It's beautiful. Bears are in there, uh, but uh, we take care of the bears. They're pretty fine. I took care of one else, too. It was pretty cool. But yeah, it's, I don't know, it's home. Very well. I think Wolf says, Well, Kiss, when we find the animator, I will put our any differences aside in order to focus on the commonalities we have. Sometimes you have to kill not just to eat, but to survive. Yeah, you're right. I'm trying to do less of that, but I guess to survive, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. And the wolf cuts you off. And from a different perspective, I am not down here to survive, but so that the winter wolf species, all of which my family, may thrive and continue on. And Stoffelis lets out a very pleased giggle. <laughs> I just want my forest back. For mischief. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kiss, you are sort of walking along down this small mountain range. It's it's less steep than a volcano, you know, but it is fairly hilly and uh, it's wider at, at kind of a common elevation. I would say roll a perception check. Boop-a-doo. Nat 20. I'm going to say that again because I fucked Boop-boop. up the word perception. 
roll a perception check. I'll do my thing again. Boop-a-doo. Nat 20. (laughs) (laughs) Eventually, you come across a halberd sticking out of the snow at a slight angle. And Wolf sort of sniffs the air. (laughs) Does that smell good, boy? Is is it food? No. Is there a boy in the well? Quite foul. Oh, it's a smelly halberd. Kiss walks over and is like, well, I freed up some space earlier, lost Javi and Jovi, so I could use this, huh? And he walks over and tries to grab it. Roll a strength contest. (laughs) That's a a crit fail. (laughs) (laughs) Both extremes. You start to pull up on it, and there's actually some ice built up on the, the pole of the halberd, and your hand slips immediately, and you are not able to grab it out of the snow, but you are able to tell that there's a fair bit of resistance to it anyway. And Wolf sniffs the air. <laughs> Roll a dex save kiss. Is it something I can see? I get advantage on dexterity saving throws. I've, I keep forgetting to use that because of my barbarian stuff. Right. So you can't see this, but I think that Wolf's barking causes you to be alert and notice that something is going on and that you need to jump out of the way. And Wolf also starts to jump and flinch a little bit. But you are basically all surrounded by darkness. There's maybe 10, 20 feet around you. Well, I got a 14. So both of you managed to jump out of the way as two javelins come flying out of the darkness towards you in a bed in the snow behind you. Are they my javelins? And Kiss, you can recognize that these are your javelins. Javi! Jovi! (laughs) You've come back to Papa! (laughs) Come here! Nice to see you. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Dad, nice to see you. (laughs) I didn't know you could talk. Why didn't you do so earlier? We've learned a lot while while we've been gone. We've had our own adventure. It's kind of a new development. As you walk over to pick up your javelins, I would say roll a perception check. Okay. I mean, it's a joke, so I'm going to reveal it anyway, but I want to see if Kiss notices. Oh, my goodness. That's a six. Okay, so Kiss, you don't notice this, but Gail, you are flying sort of behind Kiss and continuing to breathe fire in order to try and illuminate the area and see where the javelins came from. And you see that Stoffelis has actually just put like a regular rock on Wolf's back to balance and is floating on either side of Kiss's head, like whispering in his ear, pretending to be these javelins. (laughs) (laughs) Are the javelins real? The javelins are, in fact, real. And Kiss, you are able to pick them up, but you hear some thudding in the darkness out in the snow, the sound of somebody quickly trudging their way through snow. Uh Uh-oh. What do you do? Chevy, who is it? Who's coming? Chevy? Mm, uh, I don't know, Kiss. I don't know either. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) All right, boys, let's get ready to defend ourselves. Who goes there? He yells out. (laughs) (laughs) This is some HR Puffin stuff shit. Stophilis quickly like poofs it poofs into nothingness and then appears back on Wolf's back and knocks the rock off and gets ready to fight as Wolf is growling into the darkness. A figure comes running out towards you, a knight in sort of a plain face-shaped helm. It covers his whole head, but the you know uh, so okay, of course the helm is not face-shaped. <laughs> it, it's just sort of a regular helmet with a face mask with like several holes poked in it and you can see that there's like a bridge of the nose and like a little v up on its forehead and maybe like a little v down on its chin Hmm. and it's worn down and kind of white looking a little bit and this is a knight wearing chainmail with a sword just a regular straight sword and a shield and you do notice that his chainmail is sort of rusty and cracked a little bit not not looking too great friend or foe 
it does not say anything and it continues to run towards you getting closer to wolf and i think that you're a little bit back behind wolf as far as the battleground goes and wolf is still standing next to the halberd all right wolf looks like you got this go for it and we will roll initiative when we return uh, <laughs> after the commercial break this episode brought to you by Ba-dum-bum. magic folk is sponsored by burnin you are on a road outside of Dagshelm. You can actually see the gates in the background, in the background, back behind you. And you are floating about five feet up in the air and you're just kind of floating there. You look around you. Everything seems fairly normal. There's traffic coming and going and coming towards you is a large buggy with a Dagshelm knight riding the horse, pulling it along. And there's a golden acorn emblem on the side door as you kind of peer around the side of it. Sure. So can I like phase three stuff with my ghost powers? <laughs> you do not know. I'm about to try. Burn in the friendly ghost. I'm going to like. Danny Phantom. <laughs> Get the Phantom furnace. Thermos. <laughs> I don't remember anything about that show except for the box ghost. <laughs> Fucking Owens, the box, the box ghost. I approach this uh, buggy and see if I can, like, move through the wall of it. You start to sort of try and walk through the air using your ghost powers, and you kind of, like, maybe stretch your arms out in front of you like Superman and attempt to fly. <laughs> and you are not getting anywhere. You are simply suspended in air. It's like your your momentum doesn't exist. There's no inertia to you whatsoever. And you kind of just wiggle and struggle as the buggy continues to move towards you. Man, this sucks. Eventually, though, it does get towards you and you phase right through the rider of the horse, this stakes all night. And yeah, you see like his eyeballs and shit. Do we both shudder? <laughs> There's no reaction from the night. So you quickly phase through the front wall of the buggy and inside you see two familiar faces. You see Cannon and Pace, both wearing Blue Dag's home cloaks with the acorn symbol on the back. And you know this just because you've seen the cloaks before. It's not, not that you can see both of their backs necessarily. Mm-hmm. What do you do? I mean, he's, he's just taking things in. He knows that there's nobody that can hear him, so he doesn't like say anything. That's fair. As you're phasing through the back wall, you hear Pace say, Hey, uh, hot pants? Did it just get colder in here? And Cannon yells, ha, 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 no, it didn't get colder. I think that's just you getting older. <laughs> and the cart moves through you. And again, you are just simply suspended in the air outside of Dagshelm. And you hear the sound of heavy machinery clanking. And in the moment of a blink, you are no longer outside of Dagshelm. You see in front of you, Fomek sitting on a collapsed pillar of what appears to be some ruins and... She has her legs crossed, an elbow on her thigh, with her fist on her chin sort of propping her head up. Her club is leaning on the side of this massive stone pillar that she's sitting on, and your feet touch the ground. Can I walk? Yes, you try to take a step, and indeed, you can walk. So I walk up to her. Does she do anything? She does not react. Ah, uh, hello? <sighs> she lets out a large sigh. And as she breathes this breath, the ruins around you very quickly fade into a forest with these these evenly dispersed trees, almost like a grid. And the lights dim. You're now in a forest at dusk. The area is only illuminated by a glow from her armor. I guess I keep watching if I can't have her hear me. Roll a perception check. 16. 
a couple seconds after this scene has changed and you're now in a forest, from behind one of the trees in the grid behind her, you see a skeleton walk out with a large pair of rusty shears held in its hands. And it quickly ducks behind another tree out of sight behind her. Hey, uh, I don't know if you can hear me, but uh, there's a skeleton, some big old nasty scissors. You probably can't hear me anyway, so it doesn't matter. I'm just sitting here talking to nobody, but on the off chance it'll help you. Maybe look out. <sighs> hey! Nothing. I, I tap her helmet. You do? Tink, tink, tink. And no reaction from her. I shake her shoulders. <sighs> oh my god. You're, you're ignoring me on purpose, aren't you? <sighs> no reaction. I sit down next to her. <laughs> you sit down next to her on the pillar? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I love this. Unfazed by the skeleton, knowing that the skeleton probably won't pay you any mind, you sit down on the pillar next to her. And I think you probably cross your legs and put your arm down on your knee in sort of a similar situation. Back inside of the volcano, you have these artifacts. Uh, you have one more room. Curtis, before we change scenes, can I ask you, what color were the shears that the skeleton was holding? Just in case it comes up again. Oh, because of the teeth? Yeah, because the first puzzle we uh, ever did. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck. Kyle's quizzing me on my own lore. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, shears, scissors. Uh, no, they were just big old, like, rusty metal pruning shears. Okay. So rust colored. I'm still going to write that down for another skeleton puzzle happening here. Back inside of the volcano in this little trap room, this little puzzle room. What do you do? You have one room remaining behind you. Let's go there. So Owen's like, hey, let's do this. Y'all killed it and high fives both of you and walks over to the last room. I don't, we didn't kill anything. What are you talking about? No, I mean, uh, well, technically the hand died. No, he's fine. <laughs> Here, I can bring it back for you if you want. Let me see it. Don't. Oh, totally. No, I'm a necromancer. Come on. Yeah, sure, sure. Why not? No, I haven't gotten to do this in a while, Syndra. What's the deal? You were talking about how gross it is. <laughs> you hold out this dead hand and Owen points at it with like finger guns and is like... <laughs> <laughs> whispers something under his breath and this black energy seeps out from like the points of his fingers and into the hand and it jerks back alive and starts to move a little bit in your hands and wriggle and it's trying to escape. I'm just gonna put it right back in there. <laughs> you shove the hand back in your bag and it is now back with its friends and family happy to be revived. The dead and alive <laughs> friends and family. Cinder <laughs> looks at Owen and says you are the biggest nerd. <sighs> <laughs> Bigger than Burnin? I think so. He took the first spot after Burnin, you know, bit the dust. Yeah, I looked in there. There's like these platforms that kind of stick out from the walls. And you walk over and you know how like under a platform bed, you have these like arcs of wood almost? Oh, slats, like bed slats. Slats. Yes, exactly. There are these slats of wood sticking out from the walls of this large room with no floor below you as far as your eyes can see there's nothing it's just darkness so you, you don't know how deep this area is and it's basically a long hallway that stretches out in front of you with alternating slats sticking out of the wall and they are curved a little bit so they they would almost have like you could spring off of them like a trampoline but they have a little bit of a spring to them how far away are they from each other and how far out do they stick and also how close is the nearest one to us you can jump onto the nearest one. It is within reach of a jump without an athletics check. 
the tips of them almost touch each other. If they were to like all be aligned, you know, they would almost touch each other, but they're alternating kind of like teeth that would fit fit in between each other. They are about six feet long, each of them, you know, about the length of a, a person and maybe three feet wide, I would say. Just these big old cantilever beams sticking out from the walls. Eight of them, so four on each side. And at the end of the hallway, you do see a pedestal. Roll a perception check. I blew it. Eight. Yeah, I got a ten. Owen got a four. Wendy rolled a nat 20, and she says, Yeah, I was looking down there earlier, and it looks like there's a key on the pedestal. If you look closely enough, I know it's pretty far, but you can kind of see it glint off of the light. How small is Wendy? (laughs) She's pretty stout. Maybe like five... Three or five, four is how I imagine her. She's a little bit wide, you know, full figured, but just a little, little human. Does Syndra or Wendy weigh more, or Owen? Who weighs the least? Syndra probably weighs a lot more. Syndra weighs more than everybody. Okay, that's what I thought. He's a big boy. I'm thinking I could might if I shrink him, I might be able to catapult him. <laughs> catapult Syndra? Excuse well, me. Well. Maybe not. Syndra, I don't know if, because there are limits to the catapult capability, I need to shrink somebody down, so I'd have to reduce Excuse me? someone's size first. <laughs> I'm just thinking it might be easier to get across if you flew. <laughs> we have a bird. Oh. She can fly. Yeah, use Freya. <laughs> what if you reduce me and I ride Freya? Oh, yes. Oh, my, oh my goodness. Okay, well, how, how much do we want to bend the rules? Do you want me to read you the... Um... No, yeah, you can do this. I right, fuck it. It's All cool. Right. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's something I've always wanted to do. Roll a cool. All right. I don't give a shit. Fuck D&D. Sindra, <laughs> <laughs> how, how are you and Freya feeling? I feel fine. Freya squacks hoppily. <laughs> hoppily. Happily. She hops around a little bit and squacks. Do I need to take her mermaid fin sock off? No, that might have to help you ride her. Actually, like a little pouch. It's a saddle. A little saddle. A saddle. Oh gosh. Are you feel you feeling brave? You feel like flying? I like the idea that this is Claire's idea and not dumb Becca's idea. So Cinder's gonna play dumb for this. Okay. Freya starts to like take off from the ground that she's standing on and fly around the room a little bit. Cinder, what do you do? He watches her fly around gracefully and he's admiring how beautiful and wonderful this creature is ah okay so Sindra, i ha- i have an idea um don't get mad okay and i'm gonna cast reduce on Sindra. <laughs> i'm gonna ask <laughs> i love it no i'm just i'm just gonna do it it's, blame it on the vodka honey i shrunk the druid <laughs> <laughs> and i'm gonna cast reduce on Sendra. hello vernon i've joined you in death (laughs) finally (laughs) fucking ant-man shit going to the subatomic level claire like what does this spell look like how does that happen give me some flavor i'm going to before Sendra has a chance to respond i'm going to just reach out my arm towards him open palmed and mutter some words i think i should start adding some a little, little spin to my spells. Maybe, you think, should they rhyme or should they just be nonsense words? What do you think, guys? Burnin's thing is kind of little, the little quips, the little spell words that, like, are funny or, like, do things. So I don't, I wouldn't want too much overlap there. I think, like, some fucking gobbledygook. Yeah, Burnin, you missed your opportunity to ask the rabbit if Geese saw him. <laughs> you know, I could only imagine. I can only imagine. <laughs> Oh, right. my God.
Will I stand before the rabbit? To my knees. Oh my god. Okay, 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 okay. (laughs) Reel it in. Okay, fuck it. I'm I'm gonna hibbity bibbity bobbity boo make Cinder the size of a shoe. And this beam, like, shoots out from the palm of your hand. Blue's good do. We can, too. (laughs) (laughs) You can hear Bernan's ghostly laughter. (laughs) (laughs) Ringing through the halls. (laughs) Did you guys hear that? (laughs) Can I posit the stipulation that uh, Claire doesn't need to do this? She just starts doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's not necessary for spellcasting. She just does it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, I feel like it might might help to point it, but that's just her focus is some fucking yes. nonsense shit. She says, yeah, her arcane focus. Um, <laughs> Claire, this beam shoots out of your hand, and sure enough, Syndra, you are shrunk down to about the size of a shoe. Great. <laughs> He's gonna look at her and cuss at her in northern <laughs> i'm so sorry Sandra. this is this is just trust me you're, you're gonna love this and i'm gonna pick him up by the scruff of his neck by the, by the back of his collar and <laughs> so just as you go to do this claire freya lands down in front of you Sindra, and from your perspective this is like thud thud and she lets out a mighty roar and it sounds like a fucking tyrannosaurus rex from your perspective a pterodactyl <laughs> a pterodactyl maybe yeah <laughs> And stomps towards you a little bit and is like looking happily at tiny little Syndra and hopping around. Is he going to eat him? <laughs> no, you are now able to pick Syndra up. I just wanted to do that. I'm going to pick Syndra up and place him on Freya's back. And he's going to hold on really tight. Do you kind of like tuck Syndra into the sock? <laughs> well, I sure. Syndra, Syndra, can you handle it from here? I think I've got it. And I hope you edit me to sound like freaking Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yeah, pitch shift it up like an octave. This is the worst, and I love it. <laughs> Freya laughs at this the idea of Tiny Syndra and goes, <laughs> and takes off. I want to pull out my scimitar and hold it up like I'm doing a charge. Yes, <laughs> this is magical. Freya takes off, and to you, Syndra, these are massive gusts of wind, and you, you quickly realize how powerful this little bird is to tiny little beings like yourself. And Freya takes off, and sure enough, enters the room. And as she does, she flies around for a second before quickly landing on the second platform on the left. The platform sort of drops down a little bit, and I will roll a dex save for Freya. She rolled a two. Um, I think she has a plus three on dex, but that doesn't help much. Freya got a five, and the beam is just pushed down like a lever due to her weight. And you hear a mechanical sounding noise as a dart shoots out from the wall in front of you. And hits Freya. Oh no, not again. Sticks into her. And Freya does this. Oh no. She yawns. I want to try to crawl and get the dart out of her, but I guess the damage is done. Yeah, I think that, uh, I don't, I don't think that that would help much. And it'd be putting yourself at a lot of risk just from DM's perspective. Roll an animal handling check. 19. I love my bird. Hmm. You see this happen and you pull up on the the sock, kind of putting a little bit of tension around Freya's chest. And she once again takes off into the air and flies around and continues to yawn as she does. You stay awake. I I need you to stay awake. We are both in danger. And 
Freya flies directly to the platform, and there is a key about your size sitting on the platform. Great. I want to give you the opportunity to do what you want, but I think that your animal handling check was good enough to uh, have Freya grab it if that's just what you want to do. I think I want to try to pick it up, and I'm guessing since it's the same size that I am, I probably need to do a strength contest. Yes, so I think Freya lands on the platform and like wobbles a little bit, and her eyes start to close a little bit as you hop off and you're like, stay awake. And you walk over to the key and attempt to hoist it up. 18, yeah. Yep, so you are able to hoist this key kind of, I think, onto your shoulders, like you would carry a big old pole, you know, like a Clouds Buster sword or whatever. <laughs> this is so precious. She has a keyblade. A keyblade? Yeah, it's a key. Oh, fuck oh yes. Oh my god. Sarah! <laughs> <laughs> what oh, the is that fuck? Donald Duck? <laughs> yes, it's <seems> Donald. <laughs> oh my god. And so I guess I get back on Freya's back. Donald Dick. Yo. No, Donald Dick. You hop back on Freya's back with this key. I think you kind of tuck it down into the sock. And I think that Freya's going to have to make a check of some kind. Con. What's Freya's con? It's a 10, so I'm guessing that's a plus zero. Yes, but Freya rolled high enough naturally to overcome the sleepiness for now. I think you do need to make an animal handling check as Freya flies up into the air once again and see if Freya goes directly out of the room and back to your friends. Eight. Freya does a lap around the room and almost exits through the doorway as you're pulling on the sock, trying to get her to go that way. But she lets out a yawn again and lands on another platform. And she is going to roll a deck save. Freya rolled a two. Great. So that's a five. As another sleeping dart shoots out of the wall and hits her. She is like eyes rolling into the back of her head, wobbling on this platform. I'm going to pinch her. I think this is animal handling again. I will say that everybody sees this from the doorway. So, Claire, if you if you want to help out in any way, you can try. If you want to intervene. Yes, I'm going to do what I can to help. Animal handling was 18. I think that you pinch her and she lets out a squawk and sort of like pecks a little bit at her back as though there's a flea. And I'm also going to use prestigitation to put a small bit of wind under her wings. Oh, oh, that's awesome. So you cast this wind. You are the wind beneath her wings. Oh, yeah. And it lifts her up a little bit as she just opens her wings and she glides around the room a little bit. You raise me (laughs) No more. And exits through the open doorway and is safely on the cobblestone. And now you have a key. Can I can I be normal size again? Can I be normal sized again? (laughs) So he's burning. (laughs) He turns into burning. No, a tiny little Syndra. Are you are you sure you don't want to stay that way, though? You're, You're so cute. No. I I miss being tall. You could be our mascot. We have Freya. She's our mascot. Oh, but you just... Oh, fine. And I'm going to snap my fingers and she's going to... Spell ends. <laughs> whoop, whoop, whoop. And you get bigger and Freya's like... And passes out asleep. Aww. I'm going to pass the key to somebody and then pick her up and cradle her. Sleepy baby. <sighs> you did it. You solved all three puzzles. Um, You now have three pieces of interlocking meat, a scrap of fabric, and a key. And we will return to Kiss as a knight charges towards you. Kiss, go ahead and make a perception check. That is a 22. So you start to see as this knight charges out and attempts to attack Wolf and Stophiles, the snow underneath the halberd starts to move and another figure emerges. Uh Uh-oh. This one is wearing plain leather clothes. It's a leather sleeveless shirt 
with fur-lined pants. Oh, it's a punk rocker. It looks fairly well-prepared for winter. And it is wearing what is called a Spangen helm. And this warrior has looked better in in past years. Its skin is dried and wrinkled and gray. It's clearly suffering from horrible frostbite and its eyes are completely glazed over black. It looks like garbage, but it grabs a hold of its halberd and starts to run towards you. Let's roll initiative. Me too. That's crit fail. Yeah, so... Uh. (laughs) Yeah, you can roll initiative for uh, Gale. I got a six. First in the order is the warrior with the halberd, and it is going to lunge towards you and try and poke you with this halberd kiss. Bring it on, bony. Or mummy. It rolled an 18 versus AC. Okay, that hits. He brought it. (laughs) He brought it, and so he stabs you for seven points of damage as he thrusts this halberd into you, and it pierces through your feathers and your flesh. Ouch. Next in the order is the paladin, the knight that emerged from the darkness, and it is going to roll an attack on wolf. Uh, It will not hit, so it sort of swings its sword towards it and hoists its shield up as wolf jumps out of the way, sort of strafes. Next in the order is Gale. Uh, I'm going to bite whichever one is closest to me. Okay, so I think that you're flying over by Kiss to light the way and just kind of lighting the general area. So I would say that the warrior the with the with the spangen helm is closest to you and it has open skin too so it's gonna be a little hard a little easier for you to hit anyway okay i'm gonna bite that spangen boy okay roll an attack seven oh unfortunately you do not hit so you start to fly down towards it and maybe let out a little screech and a little burst of flame and it sees you coming and you grab onto its hole of its halberd with your claws and it kind of shoves you off and you go flying back a little bit next in the order is kiss aha I rage, and uh, I attack the guy with the halberd. Okay, go ahead. Oh my god, that's a two. Wait, does my ghost pepper packet still work? Yes, absolutely. That happened today, so. Yes, yes. That's a net 20. <laughs> nice. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. And this was with my great axe. I put Javi and Jovi away. I say, take a rest, boys, and I put them back where they were. <laughs> they do not say anything as uh, Wolf is sort of jumping out of the way at this point when you say this. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so that's damage here. So that's before doubling, so eight. Yep. So you cleave your axe into this warrior and you just embed your axe in its arm, one of the arms that it's holding the halberd with. It's not quite quick enough in order to shift the halberd into the path of your axe and defend itself. <laughs> you just fucking hack at this thing and it takes eight points of damage. Next in the order is Wolf, and it is going to try and bite at the the knight. It does not do it. So again, the knight sort of jumps out of the way and defends with its shield, and that's it. Uh, next in the order is the warrior. The warrior is going to swing its halberd against you. 12 versus AC. Yeah, not a good. Not a good. Okay, not a good. It does not do it. Next in the order is the knight. It swings for an attack. This time it does hit, and its sword sort of hits Wolf from the face, and you hear it let out a little squeal, like, Dogs do when you step on their paws a little bit. Oh, no. And Stophiles is hanging on for dear life. Poor puppy. Poor puppy. Next in the order is Gale. Bite again. Okay, so you swoop down and try and bite this warrior. 17. That will do it. And Woo! this time, you chomped him. the warrior is distracted by the axe embedded in its arm. And you manage to swing down. And I think you kind of bite its face a little bit, right? With your dragon jaws. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and roll damage. Four. I have a mouth like a chihuahua. <laughs> That's a pretty good attack. 
<laughs> I think that your chihuahua mouth is a little bit hot from breathing fire all day, so you do a little bit of extra damage, and you can you can hear like the frost on this thing's face kind of evaporate and turn it immediately into steam as you chomp your jaws down upon it. Claire would love to eat this guy's face. Mmm. <laughs> it's like jerky. It smells absolutely rank. It's like frozen beef. Next in the order, I'm trying to run this fight quick. Next in the order is Kiss. So I'm going to go at it again with my axe. Okay, so you pull your axe out and attempt to swing again. I got a 11. The warrior? Yep, that'll hit it. Oh, cool. Oh, nice. So you hack your axe into this this thing again. Oh, I actually got a lot with my bonuses. I got a 13 damage. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> good describe how you kill this thing mercilessly yeah after uh gail's biting in the face i just take it and go i split it in half you know just like right down the middle not down the middle sorry like Ugh. not hot dog style but hamburger style i uh <laughs> cut this guy so like through the waist yeah Ugh. you cut through what feels like cutting through frozen chicken nuggets and <laughs> <laughs> It's a it's a pretty clean cut, despite the frozen meat resistance and its body just like, you know, you know that thing when people get cut in half in movies and the body just like lands on itself and looks normal for a second before falling over. Yes. Like fucking uh, Darth Maul. It's like this guy's Darth Maul. <laughs> I killed him real easy, by the way. Take that, Qui-Gon Jinn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fucking mentor didn't even die. Yeah. Your fucking ancestor appears and gives you a thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> It falls to the ground into the snow, and there's not much blood in there. It's like it's pretty dry. It's pretty pretty dry up in there. Next in the order is Wolf, and it is going to try and bite as Stoffelis said. Stoffelis looks over at you and winks, kiss, and is like, "Like good job." Oh, that's creepy, but thank you. <laughs> oh, okay. So Wolf rolls a nat twenty and pounces on this knight, tearing at its face armor. At this face mask that, if you didn't tell earlier, looks like a hockey mask because it's Friday the 13th. And also because we've been into hockey lately. I also meant to have the the guy emerge from the snow kind of like Jason does pop out of water, but it didn't really work that way. (laughs) So it pounces on this thing and again claws and bites at its face, knocking it to the ground prone. And it's not looking great. And then Wolf lets out a growl. I could use some help over here. Patience is the virtue, Wolfie. I'm coming. <laughs> this is this was a lesson that Kiss was taught as a kid and it really stuck with him. <laughs> Next in the order is the knight, and it is going to try and knock the wolf off of it and stand up. They, they both rolled a six. So it is able to stand up and knock the wolf off of it, but it is standing directly in front of the wolf, and it cannot make another action. Next in the order is Gale. Bite? <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to think Gail says this every time that she goes to bite in her head out loud in telepathic space right so Kiss and the others hear it Wolf actually says yes bite bite excellent you swoop down and knock this thing's helmet a little bit and clamp your jaws down on the top of its head I got an unnatural 20 okay so that'll do it golly four Killing it. So you managed to to puncture through its helmet a little bit with your sharp-ass dragon teeth, and again, some steam comes up off of this thing's helmet as the frost starts to melt due to the heat of your mouth. Next in the order is Kiss. Kiss pulls out uh, his javelin and says, Javi, away! And he throws it at the uh, warrior (laughs) next to the wolf. (laughs) Okay, roll a ranged attack. And 18. Yep, that'll hit. That is a five. 
So your javelin embeds itself in this thing's back, piercing through its armor, and it hunches forward a little bit and then turns around and glares at you with bright red eyes that shine through its mask. Hey, I'm glowing too. I'm not impressed. (laughs) Next in the order is the paladin. So it is going to run away and attempt to attack Kiss. Uh, Man. The wolf is going to make an attack of opportunity. It is going to miss. Gale, you are welcome to do so too. Wait. <laughs> Eleven. That will not do it. I think Stoffelis is going to try and reach out and claw at it too, just on Wolf's back as Wolf misses its bite and pounce. And that will do it. So it's going to reach out this hand as ice claws sort of extend from its fingertips. And it does a, a fair bit of damage as its claws tear through the, the fucking chest plate of this thing's armor, leaving these massive like Wolverine style gashes. <laughs> and this thing is running towards you practically limping kiss but it is determined to try and attack you with its sword it rolled a three versus ac that's a no go i just catch it in my hand <laughs> next in the order is gale bite <laughs> 15 yep that'll do it so you swoop in and bite again i think on its shoulder maybe this time you chomp into its armor as it continues to run towards kiss three it is about on its last leg kiss it is hunching towards you it is your turn I take out Jovi and I throw it in. Jovi, go find your brother. Throw it at him again. (laughs) Okay, roll a ranged attack. Uh, poop. 12. Okay, that will not do it. And you launch your javelin at this thing and it raises up its shield and your javelin actually embeds in this metal kite shield that it is holding. And it is going to kind of parry your javelin and thrust its shield out of the way and swing its sword at you. Rolling a 17 versus AC. Dang, that does hit me. (laughs) It cleaves its sword into your shoulder, close to where the halberd hit you, and it deals 10 points of damage. Ouch. Next in the order is Wolf, and Wolf had actually kind of like laid down a little bit and crossed its arms in front of it, its paws, but it starts, it sees you get hit and starts to growl, don't hurt my friend. And Stoffelis says, friend? And Wolf pounces, attacking this warrior again. Rolling a nat 20. (laughs) It actually knocks the warrior down on top of you. So it's kind of you're on the bottom kiss. Mm -hmm. Gale, you are riding on this thing's shoulder with your teeth sunk into its armor. And Wolf pounces on top with Stoffelis at the very top of the stack. It deals enough damage. (laughs) And as it crunches through this thing's head, just a tiny bit of blood dribbles out through the hockey mask, metal hockey mask that it's wearing. (laughs) And then you hear... I'm just kidding. It is dead. Limp on top of you. And Wolf kind of like shifts its way off of the top of the dog pile. The wolf, the kiss pile. (laughs) (laughs) I pull out my uh, javelins. Thanks, Wolfie. And I give him a little pat on the head. If I could reach it. (laughs) I don't know how big he is. Yeah, yes, indeed. Another successful kill. Mm. Yes, awoo. And Stoffelis. You guys have some weird uh, mouth noises you make, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we are quite weird. We don't we don't get around much. Uh, I can tell. We spend most of our time down here. <laughs> Not very social. They're just a little socially <laughs> awkward. No big deal. <laughs> I think with that, we will hop on over to Burnin. Yay. So you are sitting on this collapsed pillar with Fomek as she continues to sigh. And lurking kind of just out of the corners of your eye, you can see white move between the trees and you can surmise that this is the skeleton kind of creeping around and burn and all of a sudden 
you hear what sounds like a wrench smacking onto these like large metal plates just echoing throughout this forest. And immediately you see the back of Syndra's head. Huh. And you can hear the sound of monkeys screaming, just screeching and going absolutely crazy, like four or five monkeys. Uh, I might enlist you all to help me make monkey sounds at the end of this session, or we could do it now. Up to you. <laughs> we have fun. D and D is fun. Yeah, Bernie don't like that. Ooh. Yeah, no, not great. And you see that Syndra is riding on top of Freya. And your perspective is locked on the back of Syndra's head, maybe like two feet back. You go on this dizzying ride, locked behind Syndra's perspective, following Freya and Syndra, navigating this puzzle as Freya wobbles on the pedestal and lands down and gets hit with the sleeping dart. And the entire scene that we played out, of course, you see happen with these monkeys screaming behind you. It is quite a dizzying experience. And all of a sudden, you're engulfed in darkness once again. Not really darkness, but again, this nothingness. Your body kind of materializes out of, out of nowhere, and you're suddenly aware of darkness. So rather than nothingness, darkness. And you're standing in a pool of waist-deep water. Roll a perception check. Well, as long as there ain't no screaming monkeys this time. No more screaming monkeys. 24. You see, floating in the water, Claire. Hey. Asleep. Sound asleep. And she's kind of muttering to herself. Fuck fucking Henry. Fuck. Vodka, right? Oh, he's so annoying. What do you do, Bernard? Seems normal. Hey, Claire. Sebastian. Sebastian. No, Philip. I like Philip. I like Philip better, don't you? Can I? (laughs) You're doing the voice all wrong. Am I able to walk? Yeah, you're in, you're just waist deep in water. Okay, can I wade over to her and like I don't know, ghost phase through her head or something? Sure. <laughs> wait, wait, I have a better idea. <laughs> ghost phasing through her head. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go over to her side and I'm gonna fucking fart. No, ghosts can't <laughs> fart. Can they? This is true. It's one of the the punishments for being undead. Um. <clears throat> What the fuck? So I go over to her. I stand by her in this water. I don't think she has ears, but I guess she has ear holes, right? (laughs) (laughs) So I I bend over and put my mouth like right next to her ear, and I go, "Hey, Claire." (laughs) She shifts a little bit in the water. (laughs) That was burning, burn, burn, burn. Brennan's dead. Brennan's Bern- gone. Not, not dead? I'm right here. Claire, back in the volcano, you get this weird sense that everything's going to be all right. Huh. Hey, Sandra, everything's going to be all right. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> huh? What's this now? Shut- I wasn't talking to you, Owen. Are you a fortune cookie all of a sudden? Can you give me my lottery <laughs> ticket numbers? Yeah, what are my lucky numbers? Uh, 7, 69, and 420. <laughs> I, I don't think 69 is going to happen, but maybe the others. We are back with Bernan now. We will return to that scene. <laughs> Do we have to? <laughs> 
Claire looks over at you and says, raisins and smiles. <laughs> That's nice, Claire. Make another perception check. Freaking using my own memes on me. <laughs> oh, I got a crit fail. Okay, so. I really want to know, though. You are focused on Claire sleeping in the water and muttering and trying to wake her up. And you hear nothing. But you get a sense that there's something behind you. And it's sneaking up on you. And it's getting closer and closer. And we, the audience, see a shadow getting closer and closer to Burnin. And then there's a splash. And you turn and look at it. And you see Baby Kiss carrying a bear head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's kind of gross. Torn off at the neck. <laughs> and he flies out of the water and starts flying away. Kiss, do you say anything? Kiss says... Oh my god, I can't wait to show Kel that I can fly so good. <laughs> <laughs> and you hear, fly so good, fly so good, fly so good. You blink, and you are in your print shop, and Nina is working on some equipment in front of you, completely focused. If there were headphones in this universe, she'd have her earbuds in. There might be like a record or something, right? Sure, okay. There's like a record. Uh, some kind of weird musical devices playing in the room. How's her form? Is it something that I would like scold her for being careless about? No, um, she's actually meticulously going about this process in almost the the ideal way. She's She's got it perfected. You know, every little thing that she does is exactly how you would do it. She's not making much of a mess. Her She's wearing actually some nice clothes, but they're not stained up. They look, you know, they look just fine. They're, they don't have any ink on them. And she's just completely in the zone, focused on going about her work in the print shop. What's what's she printing? You can't exactly tell. Hmm. At this point. Death certificates. <laughs> Obituaries. Burning lead setter on a tombstone. Um, <laughs> Burning dead setter. Out of habit, I don't know if this is going to actually do anything or not, but out of habit, I it's it's almost unnecessary, but you know how sometimes when things are just slightly crooked or whatever, like I I straighten things up to so that they're just perfect on the counter next to me. So like maybe there's a stack of little cans of ink and so they're a little bit crooked, so I straighten those into a perfect up and down cylinder and I kind of wear the brayers and the um not spatulas, but the putty knives are hanging on the wall. I kind of straighten those up if I can. I don't know if my ectoplasmic ways can actually do that. <laughs> so you do walk up and start to straighten stuff on the shelves. And Nina quickly sees this happen, actually, and jolts towards you and goes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, what? Wait, can you see me? She grabs her waster and starts swiping and knocking the cans of ink down off of the off the ledge. It moved! It moved! Oh my god, Nina! I just <laughs> fixed those! <laughs> and ink spills uh, onto the Nina. floor as Nina runs throws her waster down and runs up the stairs. Can I pick can I do something about it? Uh you can start. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh if I can pick things up, I'm gonna start trying to get the ink back into the cans as best as I can and put those back on the counter. <laughs> yep, so you start to like kind of use a little squeegee and, and a sponge and try and start to get the ink back up into the cans. Tidy up a little bit, which is going to fucking freak her out even more. <laughs> Sorry, Nina, but this stuff's expensive. <laughs> as you're doing this, you see something start to phase through the wall in front of you. Oh boy, what is it? It's a skeleton with a head two sizes too big for its body. And it's quickly upon you as its jaws open and shut and snap several times as though it's coming up to bite you 
in the face. Excuse me, no! I back away from it. Just like that, you hear more metallic clanks, this strange machinery of existence working behind you. And you are in the halls of Dig's Helm Castle. Oh boy. An apparition of pace walks through a doorway and into the hall. And she's spilling sand through her hands once again. That's kind of weird. And from the other end of the hall, behind her, as she walks towards you, you see a man. Regular old man. He's wearing a long blue robe with a pointy blue hat. And he's holding a staff. And he has a long gray beard. And he says, Excuse me! Can you hear me, small strange woman? (laughs) No. Yes! Yes! Hello! Hello there! Can you hear me? Uh, Are you talking to her? Or me? I'm talking to her! It appears to be no use, though! Yeah, no, it's it's just me. I mean, she's well, here, too, but... Well, who are you? I'm Bird and Lead Center. Don't know him! Yeah, what about yourself? No can do, buckaroonie! Great, I'm glad we had this conversation. Me, too! Am I, like, in purgatory? Is that what's going on? Hey! Hey! Lady! No, you're not in purgatory, Mr. Lead Center. I'm not exactly sure where we are. You see, Seth, he tricked me. That doesn't really sound like... Uh-uh. Maybe you don't know Seth as well as I do. It's kind of ironic. Uh, yeah. My group was using his fast travelers, and someone must have let that on to him. That damn Scanthy! He told me he was playing jokes on Travelers! The absolute child! A little giggling guy, he likes to make lava. That guy? Yup! That's him, alright! I'm gonna kill him. Yeah, same. Alright. Seth shut the operation down! Good! I've been stuck here ever since! I do not know where we are, Mr. Leadsetter! It is a realm not quite ethereal, but certainly not. <clears throat> Certainly not material, as you can probably tell. Uh, okay. Um, well, cool. Um. Did Seth trick you too? No, I died, I think. You died, you say? That is quite fascinating, young man. (laughs) I think, I mean, well, I talked to God and he said I died. Uh, so I kind of trust his, uh all-knowing omnipotence, you know, so... Mr. Leadsetter, are you not aware that there are several gods? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but ours kind of likes for us to pretend he's the, the only one. He gets a little jealous if you kind of follow other people. I mean, the, 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 the I'm devoted to him, so for all intents and purposes, he is the god because he's my god. I'm not really looking to have a theological discussion with you right now. Um, are you sure it's not sort of a trinity situation? <laughs> well, I mean, depending on which sect you're talking to, uh, I kind of slept a little bit in Sunday school. I've heard he appears as a rabbit. Yeah, he did appear as a rabbit. Uh... The rabbit, the foot, and the long ear. Listen, Burnin', I need you to listen to me. It is quite urgent. Oh, there's no not listening to you, buddy. <laughs> I find it highly likely we won't be here for very much longer. Oh, what a shame. Oh, how bad. (laughs) Our surroundings, you see, are manifested by the sand, and soon we will be scattered, like it is, to the light winds of Dagshelm. 
I was looking out a window earlier. Uh, cool. It appears to be overcast. Uh, are there any windows around? Not in this immediate vicinity. Um, I'll take your word for it. I don't really think the weather much matters to me anymore. I will say Pace is now out of sight, and we cut back to inside of the volcano. We are back underneath the volcano in the puzzle room, and you have all of the prizes of the puzzles. We win. Owen says, hey, everybody, can I see your meat? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, yeah, that joke won't get stale a second time. Claire's going to slap him. <laughs> oh, ow, ow, man. His center just turns red. Now, now I sound like fucking uh, David Lynch. David Lynch. Uh, oh, man. Ow. What the heck? What's that for? For being an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> for being an idiot. Ah, oh, jeez. I meant the dried meat we got from the puzzle. Gah. I don't care, you pervert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a pervert. Yes, you are. <laughs> and Wendy says, trust me, he's not a pervert, Claire. If I... I, I, I just trust me. I know him. Okay, he's not a pervert. Wendy just seems like she's under his uh, his illusion. He is a very sweet boy. <laughs> oh my god. So is Bernan, but he's also a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> so Owen takes the pieces of meat and again puts them together, kind of assembled in this weird hunk of meat. And he's like, "Huh, huh. Well, we already knew this. Uh, what now? I guess we wrap the meat in the cloth and stick a key in it." <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh. That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> uh, fuck, I love you guys. Claire, I think you take the hunk of meat from Owen and wrap the cloth around it, and just a tiny bit of meat sticks out on the, like, is visible through the center and the tear of the cloth where the hook was. That must be the keyhole. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Syndra, sure enough, you stick the key into the center of the meat. We're the dumb friends. And now you got the now you got the meat key. Add that to your inventory. Combine items. Combine. Combine. Do we put this into the pit or? Do not. What the hell are you guys doing? It's like a kebab. There's a door. You hear Bernan's ghostly voice. There's a door. Holy shit! What was <laughs> that? What a key. You do not hear this. So, okay, let's let's investigate our surroundings for real, though, because I forgot what else. So there is a large triangular hatch with one edge of the triangle bolted by two hinges with a, a pretty big, complicated mechanism. There is a hole that you can kind of see through onto the other side with, and it is about the size of the key and, and, and meat lump-shaped thing. Let's stick the key in the hole. Let's try it. Let's stick the key in the keyhole. Okay, so Syndra, you are holding the key, I think, and you stick the meat end of the key into the hole. And sure enough, this piece of meat perfectly fills this oblong shape that the keyhole is, and it locks in place. And you twist the key, and the key twists through the meat, brushing some of the cloth as it goes. Oh, yeah. Is anyone else really turned on right now? Claire. What the oh, fuck? No. <laughs> <laughs> <A little. laughs> Sorry, I was just joking, but keep that in there. Claire's like licking her lips at this meat puzzle. Meat and cloth. No, th this is out of character. I'm just, oh, okay. I'm just inter interjecting okay. here. So you hear a mechanism start to shift inside of the door. And sure enough, 
it unlocks. There are several large metallic sounding clanks, almost like the sounds of, of metal hitting other pieces of metal and, and movements and mechanical gears and, and linkages starting to move. And sure enough, the hatch unlocks and swings just a touch open. I kick the door down. So you kick the door in and it sure enough, it swings open. It's pretty heavy. So you like if you were a lesser, a lesser humanoid, you would hurt your foot on it. But you're wearing nice boots and uh, you kick it in. It swings open with a large metal clang. And on the other side, you see a gray glow as lava pours in shifts and bubbles around you. And in front of you, you see a massive cable that stretches down a cavern, and there is a ski lift hmm. attached to it, hanging from it. Seems reasonable. Oh, that looks safe. Yeah, I mean, fairly. This looks risky, but I think we kind of only got one chance. And so Wendy says, Owen, oh, you told me about this in one of your books, the ski lift. It's how we get down to the ancient city. Yeah, I know. This is legendary. Are y'all ready? And he looks up at you, Claire and Syndra. Nothing else to do. Yep, let's go. You all sit down on this ski lift. I think that Wendy, like, flips a lever and it starts to move a little bit. And then she, like, runs and sits down on top of it. And again, it all, like, the entire thing jostles and springs on this cable. And you start to descend through this cavern with lava pouring around you. And, uh... Yeah, you got some time. You got some time now as you're as you're headed down the mountain. Owen is like, Wendy, we we did it. We got through the puzzle. Nobody else could. I know this is so cool, Owen. I can't wait to get down there. It's uh it's quite the journey if you're actually on the mountain. But I knew that if I had some friends, then maybe we could get this puzzle solved. Oh, that was your plan all along, Wendy, huh? Claire, you're like godly, right? Uh I mean, cleanliness is next to godliness, right? <laughs> what? I have soap. No, I mean, like, you're, like, all-powerful, right? You're mythic. You're like a demigod. I am whatever you choose to see me as. Uh, well, I see you as a demigod, so that's a good thing. <laughs> I just Listen, bring it up because... Wendy, look, I am just a normal dragonborn who has been through a whole lot. And I'm I'm here to help you in any way I can. You know, I I did some... Some things that, that a lot of people liked, but I'm just, I'm just Claire. If I'm a part of the sisterhood, then I have to refuse to believe that. But I have to ask now, can I leave the sisterhood? Of course, it's not my decision. <sighs> you have no idea how much of a relief that is for me. Now I'm going to have to kill you. Norm <laughs> <laughs> Normal Claire. And she kind of like elbows you a little bit. You, you two are sitting next to each other on the ski lift. And she like elbows you a little bit. Normal person, Claire. I'm going to eat you. Uh, please. What? No, please I didn't. Don't. What? Just, just kidding. Uh, what? <laughs> Owen's like, hell yeah, Wendy. Fucking leave that system. And gives her a little high five. Claire's going to. Can I just like ice his mouth? <laughs> you brought some from the tower? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just meant like I have like a ray of frost. I just wanted to like kind of like freeze his. Uh, yeah, go for it. <clears throat> Can I like reduce it and you like you maybe like you use like one finger on him just to like seal his lips? <laughs> you cast ray of frost with your pinky finger and a little <laughs> ray of frost comes out of your finger and, and hits Owen in the mouth and again seals his mouth up. Do I need to roll for that, by the way? No, I'll just let you do it. You freeze Owen's mouth 
and you continue down the ski lift. I, I think I have a little, I think I have a, like a cup. I'm going to take one out and pour some vodka in it and hand it to Wendy. Cheers. I, ho- I hope you find what you're looking for. Yeah. You too. And you clink your glasses together and drink. Sindri, you got anything for me? He just smiles. He's happy for what's, what all has unfolded. And Owen's just like... <laughs> yeah, he, he laughs at Owen. Sindra, actually, roll a perception check. Um, 23. I'm really good at perception checks. As this interaction happens, Sindra, you start to feel the weight of the chairlift shift just a little bit. And you look up above you and you see that the tension of the cable, it's like slacking a little bit more. But just where you are, just where the just where the, the chair is, you're just sliding along and in your way down, something shifted somewhere along the line. Um, how far until we're at the bottom? You've got a while. And in fact, this thing, there's like, it's it's like the the cables are somehow roped off through multiple zigzags. Does that make sense? Yeah. There's like mechanisms to shift the chair onto different cables as you weave your way down through this volcano. I want to look over my shoulder and see if there's something behind on the line. There is nothing behind you on the line. Okay, great. I want to tie us all together with rope. But not like not, not, not like a bundle. Yeah, but, what's going um, on? <laughs> but like this is this is my ultimate fantasy. <laughs> this is weird. But like no, not like a bundle of people. But like like how kindergartners hold on to a rope and walk down the hall together. Okay, okay, that's less weird. Yeah, like I want us to all be together in case this thing falls apart. We can all fall to our deaths together. Uh, g- good idea, Sindra. That's that's really smart, actually. Here. And he kind of weaves it in between everybody. Tie yourself. I'm not tying yourself for you. Everybody, hold on. What? Hold on to the roof, just in case. Huh? I will say there is like a safety bar in front of you. Okay, now we are back down at this slower mountain range with Kiss. And Wolf says, "Mm, Kiss, you are a mighty warrior. It is a pleasure to fight alongside you. <laughs> yes. Ah, uh, you, you got that right. I am a mighty warrior. Thank you. I appreciate the praise. You did a good job too. Thank you. <laughs> I am quite good at killing for survival. As I said. Oh, I can see that. So kiss, you have two bodies laying down in front of you in the snow and a halberd, a sword, a shield. Do I see anything out of the ordinary of these corpses, or...? You should totally loot the bodies. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You bend down and kind of flip the body of the warrior over as you're patting it down, looking for anything shiny, any any piece of gold. Yeah. And in the bit of its hair that's sticking out from the back of its Spangen helmet, you see a little shiny red clip. Cute! Hmm. Like a hair clip? Yeah, it's a hair clip. I think you you probably reached down and grab it. Yeah. You reach down and grab this hair clip and it's stuck in his hair and parts of it are tucked in behind the helmet. But you manage to sort of like wiggle the hinge and, and pull this thing out. And it is a fairly large clip that would kind of kind of stick on the back of your head to hold your bun or your ponytail together with a fan of feathers, these stark black feathers sticking up off of it. Huh. And as you pick it up, a great gust of wind surrounds you in the cavern. Oh, that's so cool. What if Becca wants this IRL? <laughs> <laughs> and when Gail says that, she she sort of flaps her wings a little bit and like she playfully goes back and forth like bobs and, and weaves on the, the gusts. 
Kiss uh, looks at the clip and says, "Does did I do that?" And he shakes the clip around <laughs> to see if anything happens. <laughs> so the wind picks up around you even more, but just a touch. You're not uh not quite controlling it right from a from a player's perspective. But sure enough, the the wind is being generated from the the hair clip. You were able to tell that. Neat. I'm taking this. <laughs> and he clips it into a head feather, I guess. Yeah, I, so I guess you clip it like onto the back of your head. Yeah, somewhere that's like cute. Yeah, cute. I don't think that you have these giant black feathers sticking up on the back of your head, but I think maybe from behind you can see them. This is fan of feathers on the back of Kiss's head with this cute little red hair clip. Nice. Stoffeli says, "Yes, there are several, if not many." Ancient treasures down here. Magical items that the warriors bring in order to try to defeat the animator. And sure enough, they are all useless in the end. They all f fall prey to being reanimated once the frost gets to them. And it is our duty to take them out. Oh, I see. So these guys were reanimated by the reanimator. So they are reanimated men. Right? That seems likely. Aha. Uh -huh. Do you think it's just keyframes or in-betweens too? <laughs> yeah, they were kind of like glitchy. <laughs> 15 FPS is how they moved. Okay. So burning very quickly as this man, this strange man screams at you in the hallways of Dagshelm Castle. Sure enough, you can hear what sounds like the final grain of sand down the hallway fall from Pace's hands as it hits the floor, and you are once again engulfed in nothingness. Back at the top of the mountain, in the midst of all this chaos, as the dust, well, as the snow and icicles settle, debris is slowly drifting down from the ceiling, but no longer falling and crashing into the mountain. We see the lava pit surrounded by debris. Amazingly, some of the metal from the ladder appears to have gone flying in the commotion and landed over in the snow at the edge of the mountain. And amidst the shrapnel, we see the lava pit, this dark black lava emitting a, an odd gray light as it bubbles and settles. Bits of it splash up onto the edge of the pool and solidify into a dark molten rock. Some of it flows and more fumes rise from the pit as we see emerging from the black mud and muck of the lava a limp lanky hand that twitches just a little bit as a drop of lava flies off and lands on the edge of the pool the hand struggles to move Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this episode of Magic Folk. We hope you enjoyed, and if you did, be sure to subscribe wherever podcasts live, rate and review us on iTunes, and follow us on Twitter at Magic Folk Pod. Magic Folk is created by Curtis Beck, Becca Bowen, Kyle Bruning, Alex Couch, and Victoria Watkins, and is based on characters and world, also by Victoria Watkins. See you next time.